Hey everyone, and welcome to the Darkcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Miley, and this is DCI number 88. In this episode, Brian and I get to talk to Lisa Brown of Insomniac about their new game, Slowdown Bull, which is a top-down action collecting game in which you play as a stressed-out bull named Esteban. For more information, head on over to darkstation.com and you can find the show notes to this episode. You can also follow us on Twitter to see when other interviews are going live at darkstation underscore com. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and email us at podcast at darkstation.com. Now, thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy this episode. And on with the show. Just give a spiel about. What well, we uh, sure. Oh, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll. Eh, okay, we'll get there. I'll be patient. Okay. Um, <laughs> don't get too excited. I know I'm you. I'm so excited. I'm ready. You have a game that just came out. Say all the words. You're gonna have to calm down. <laughs> can't say it. You can say all the words. You just can't say all the words at one time. We, all right. We've got an. We've got an order to this. Um, <laughs> okay. He's lying. There's really no order. There's, there's, there's just no. There's a. There's a. There's a brief. There's a theme. There's maybe a running theme, and then the there, we'll figure there's, it out. There, there's a structure-ish that yeah. we kind of stick to, um, uh, but you know we're we eating up into uh, interview time. Yeah, the fourth so, minute start start yeah, talking. Let's let's go, uh, Lisa. Thank you so much for joining us on the Darkcast. How are you doing? I'm doing I'm doing great. I've been traveling recently. I just uh, currently finished up uh, a speaking visit at a at the University of Iowa. They have a student-run game organization. And the students put on like a little games conference every year and they invite oh. speakers from the industry and it's super cool. And so I was a speaker along with a bunch of other cool people uh, from games and animation. And so I'm currently, that's done. And tomorrow I go back to LA for more adventures. So, Fantastic. That, that yeah. sounds awesome. Is it like a little mini GDC sort of thing? Yeah, it's like a little, it's a student run organization. So University of Iowa doesn't have a games program, but they have a really... Uh, like passionate, motivated body of students that run this uh, club called Epic Studios, mm-hmm. and they every year they do Epics Con, so they'll they'll bring in speakers from games and animation, and like have a little interactive play lounge where people can show off their games and do all the stuff on campus, and it's really cool and uh, and it's really impressive because it's entirely student run, but it's it's super cool, and I got to talk to. A lot of aspiring game developers, and and hopefully, hopefully, give them words of wisdom. We'll see, <laughs> but no, it's great. That is that is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, um, we are here to talk about Slowdown Bull, uh, the the new game from Insomniac. Uh, but before we get into that, tell us a little bit about who you are and and what you do at Insomniac Games. All right, so I am a game designer. I've been I was a game designer with Insomniac for six years. I designer on Resistance Three and Sunset Overdrive, and then uh, we decided to try this experiment where we wanted to see how we would do with making a small game with a small team of people. And so I got I got to be the guinea pig for that for wrangling that and and leading that project. So 
Uh, that's what I spent the last. What I, I forget how what the time span is now doing was doing the super fast, uh, agile, small team development, really indie style, and we did the developer streams and and all that, and that was super fun. Um, and at the resulting factor after uh, after all that, I don't know. I guess I don't know like how James has been briefing you guys, but I'm actually going indie as oh, a result. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I've I've made the jump. Like Ted was like, Lisa, you've you've shown that you can totally You're do this to on go. your own, and you are, <laughs> you know, he's he was like, you've always been such an advocate for the indie community, and there's the door, like, GTFO. No, he, it was more like it was more like I was thinking about it, and I was like, oh, I don't know, because Insomniac's amazing. It's like it's literally like it wins one of the best places to work in America award like every single year. It's super cool, uh, but I just got such a bug for this small-scale development, and I really have been super involved in the indie scene. So, so Ted was like, I know how it feels because, you know, he's, when he was young, he started Insomniac because he wanted to do what he wanted, and he's like, I right. totally think, you know, if, you, if this is what you want to do, you should follow your dreams. And so uh, they've been, like, super supportive of, of me in that endeavor, so it, it kind of all sca- cascaded down together. Uh, so yeah, the launch of this game is super important to me personally, in addition to just the studio, because, uh, yeah, it's changed my life in quite a literal fashion. (laughs) (laughs) That is, that is really awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you said that you've worked on, uh, Resistance 3 and and Sunset Overdrive. Any other, um, games or or studios before Insomniac? Uh, no, before Insomniac, I was a graduate student at Carnegie Mellon's Entertainment Technology Center. And while I was there, I I did some internships. I actually interned with Insomniac on Resistance 2. And I also did an internship at Shell Games working on the Disney Fairies MMO. So it was quite a, a range of of experience in my internships. Like the there, full was spectrum. there was a Fairies Disney Fairies MMO? Yes, it was actually really cool. It was called Pixie Hollow. And it was a web-based MMO. And you God, I think I saw that fairy. advertised on. Okay. Yeah, it was really cute okay. and really cool. It had like little mini games and you could go out into the wilderness. You could get a party and go out into the wilderness and like do little quests together. It was and actually they have, like the t- like the the uh, this is a really weird tangent and the only reason I know this is because I have a 3 and a 1 year old. God, uh, <laughs> do they have like the like different classes of fairy like the tinkers and They the... do. They do. Oh, they have wow. the tinkers and the water fairies and the animal fairies and the light fairies and those had gave you different abilities. When you went out into the wilderness, um, unfortunately, like Disney shut down all of its uh, web-based MMOs, so like the fairies and the pirates and, and Toontown, like several years ago. That which explains was super, the lack of commercials. Okay. Yeah, it was super <laughs> bummer. It was super bummer, but at the time, it was a, uh, it was super cute, and uh, it's it's always funny when I tell people uh, like my two internship experiences in school were on a, you know, a hardcore first person shooter for the PS3 and a MMO for children. <laughs> Whatever, breadth of experience, that's yeah, what education exactly. is about. <laughs> exactly. So other than that, yeah, Insomniac was my first industry gig, so uh yep. Lots of adventure. Awesome. Now, for for those that don't know who Insomniac is, um first who, shame on you. Yeah, for, for, seriously. <laughs> Um, but can you talk a little bit about who they are, some of their, their other games, and uh, where you guys are located? Yes, uh, so Insomniac Games uh, has been around for, I think, it's, our last year was the 20th anniversary of the studio. 
uh, and uh, they worked on Disruptor and Spyro the Dragon is probably where a lot of people my age uh, first heard of them. That that was where I first heard of them when I was in high school. And then they made the Ratchet and Clank series, uh, the Resistance series, and uh, in addition to like the recent games, also uh, did a Facebook and mobile game called Outer Knots, which was uh, probably its first like big experiment off of console games. Um, we're in Burbank, California, but also have a smaller office located in uh, Durham, North Carolina. And uh, what else? Um, for a long time, we did uh, we did Sony games exclusively, like Ratchet and Clank uh, and Resistance were Sony exclusives. But uh, it is an independent studio, so a lot of people forget that. Uh, so we uh, we've also done multi-platform games, and Sunset Overdrive, of course, was published by Microsoft. But we're still we're making a Ratchet game for the PS4 with Sony. Uh, that's going to come out alongside the Ratchet movie. So, lots of lots of projects still, and lots of lots of cool stuff. But this was our first, our first big experiment into. Let's see if we can make something small for PC and see how that goes. So, 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 walk me through this first meeting. You're coming off of Sunset Overdrive, basically. You've worked mm-hmm. Resistance Two. You've worked Resistance Three. Mm-hmm. When you get in the meeting room. And on the big board, you don't see any weapons. <laughs> Was there a cold sweat? No, no. Actually, uh, it was very much um, them wanting to try something totally different. And you know, I I was sort of known for doing a bunch of. I was always like pushing people to do game jams and always talking about uh, weird little indie games and doing small side projects like that. So they're like. You know, we want to see we want to see how far someone can take a prototype before we have to roll a team onto it. With this idea of, you know, let's make a smaller game with a smaller team. So I basically just had a couple uh, prototype ideas and talked with Brian Hastings, who's the chief creative officer there, about them. And uh, we picked this one, which was it was just very mechanics focused. I was like, I want to make a game where you only play with two buttons, and I want to make a game where pressing the button stops movement instead of causes movement. And so I played around with this prototype and came up with this little silly thing with the bull. And, you know, it was all me for uh, for a while just working solo on this prototype, doing all the art and the coding, the sound. And it was just sort of like, yeah, here's this weird little game idea. And they played it and they were like, this is really fun. Let's keep going with it. It was, uh, I think that it's 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 very easy for, for people to associate Asomniac with Oh, they're the ones who do all the crazy, wacky weapons and the crazy guns. But uh, I mean, that, that, that's not an untrue statement. So. <laughs> we are known for crazy weapons and crazy guns, but but mostly it was like, well, let's try something different. Let's just try something totally un- unusual for us. And and so it was more like, yeah, this, you know, this, this is going to be a small game, and it's it's got a lot of like weird. It's got a lot of 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 personality to it and so they're just like let's see what happens let's, let's make a flesh out a prototype and have the company play it and we did that and everyone was really positive about it so like let's just do it let's make it and uh you will lead the project awesome now um 
when you started working on this, were there other kind of prototypes in the works? Were other people kind of trying out different things, or no? It was it was since it was such an experiment, we just like did it with one person just to just to see how it went because mm-hmm. that's pretty low low cost risk wise compared to like something like Sunset Overdrive, right? With a huge budget, sure. so we're just like let's just take one person because I I'm you fat you prototype really quickly. And just kind of see where it goes. It was uh, the whole process was was rather experimental for the the studio. So, did you see um, Sunset Overdrive through? Did you start working on this afterwards, or when when did you start working on? It was about Sorry. like mid to late production. So, I was on Sunset Overdrive from all through pre production and in the beginning of production through like uh, I can't remember through it was like the summer of. The year before, summer of 2013, I think. So, um, about halfway through production, when I when I rolled off onto this, which isn't necessarily uncommon. A lot of times, you'll have people that are on a project from the beginning through the middle, and then roll onto another project. And other people don't roll onto a project until production starts. And so, it it's not uncommon for that to happen. Mm-hmm. So the the result was that. You know, I was very involved in Sunset Overdrive in the prototyping phase, in the establishing of the the mechanics of the game, and the you know figuring all that stuff out, and really early on. But I can't like point to something and say that mission I did that mission or I did that quest because by that stage in production I had moved off. So it's a, it's a little strange compared to Resistance Three, in which I I had like three levels and like these are my levels, and I can go to the game and point and be like. That one's mine. I did that. <laughs> Very cool. So I'm a huge, like, crazy lore fan. So what is it with bulls wanting to, like, break the mold and decorate? <laughs> I think, well, the way it started was, you know, I had, I was like, well, I have this thing and you want to stop him from moving so I just drew a little bull and the little dudes carrying vases and you had to keep him from running into them. And, you know, eventually the collecting thing came in. But but early on, people were like, oh, I'm a bull. I want to charge things because that's what bulls do. And so I was like, well, how do we how do we like, uh, you know, give him a personality? Because personality was, OK, he's a bull, but he doesn't want to do these normal bull things. He like doesn't want to accidentally bump people over so we had to do a lot with kind of establishing his his personality and showing showing that this little character you know was was the sort of thing where he he had this innate bull nature that he was trying to suppress and it just sort of evolved into such a cute little story that i think that i think you see that a lot like with reversals like that of what is the what's the stereotype there are there are an awful lot of bulls that are trying to break out of the stereotype that if you put them in a china shop they're going to wreck everything right right it's just like it's such a fun little reversal when when you have what people's perception of the big hulking bull that rages out and what it actually wants to be now now in the game Esteban, the bull, is related to a cat. That's yes. a fantastic name, by the way, Esteban. Uh, the streamers, the <laughs> stream audience named him. They, they, they did a fantastic yes. job. You Gosh. rarely can trust the internet with anything, but good I job. Know. All, of the, all of the characters were named by our audience and our developer streams. Uh, well, they suggested the names. Like They suggested a bunch of names, and then we picked our favorites and went from there. So, 
So it wasn't like there was some risk mitigation there. <laughs> <laughs> if they would have come out with Tallywhacker, we would have been able to, to cut that <laughs> off. At the... uh, but yes, he is re- he's related to, to Mango the cat is his sister. So so how does that how does that work? Are they adopted? Are they foster kids? Like how did they how are they brother and sister? Yeah. Well, in the like there's nowhere in this in the game, but we talked about this on the stream a lot, was was our our the team's perception was that yes, Esteban was raised with cats and that ah. and that he is adopted, but his family still loves him very much. Uh and and uh, you know, Mango is his sister. And and something that inspired that actually was I was at SIGGRAPH years and years ago, and uh, DreamWorks was giving a talk about Kung Fu Panda. And in the audience, like during their Q&A, someone asked, because if you've seen Kung Fu, Kung Fu Panda, his dad is a goose. His dad's and a goose. Some, that, that makes yeah. noodles. They're, they're noodle some, folk. Someone, someone asked, you know, what's the deal with, with uh, Poe's dad being a goose? And, uh, you know, everyone sort of laughed. And the, the guy, I forget who was talking, he was like, you know, first of all, only adults ask that question. Yeah. <laughs> kids, kids never ask that question. They just accept it. Like they there, just totally accept it. There's and then an awesome he, joke in Kung Fu Panda about that. Yeah. Like right at the end, where he's he's getting ready, and and the dad's like, "Listen, there's something I got to tell you." And every adult kind of stands on the tip of their toes, going, "Oh my god, this is when he finds out he was adopted." <laughs> and it's like, "No, no, no, this is the secret ingredient to the noodle soup." It's yes. Like, <laughs> yes. So so when he pointed that out, I was like, "Oh," because because I thought back to when I was a kid, and I was like, "Yeah, that totally wouldn't have mattered to me at all." And then he made a joke, and he was like, "Yes, but his father still loves him very much." And so when um. When when the cat came into play, uh, at first she was just she wasn't a character. She was just sort of the mechanic of the thing you picked up, and she would jump and knock things over. But then we we decided we wanted to use like use her more, make her more of a character. So we made her the little guide and tutorial person. And then like in our team meetings, we just sort of came up with this idea that she has this that she's like his big sister, and you know she's. She's the one that's always like, oh, you're going to be fine. Oh, my gosh. So we, we just played it up and decided, you know, in our own backstory that, yes, Esteban was adopted and raised by cats. And that's probably why he is not as, you know, into charging things as the average bull because it was how he was raised. <laughs> and yet, despite this upbringing, there is a constant nagging bull catcher there is. following him. There is. <laughs> <laughs> is this is this like a very much like you know Jean Valjean like you know, he, he's just constantly <laughs> being dogged for no I, reason he's cleaned up his life he wants to go straight and and this this catcher is always there. I hadn't thought about that, but now I'm going to say yes because that's okay. an amazing analogy. <laughs> an amazing analogy. Uh, ours was just that uh, Annette got mad because she was trying to have a day at the beach and got sand knocked onto her, and she's one of those people that holds a grudge. Oh, like so, forever. Okay. Forever. So she's just like, I'll get you bull forever. Okay. So bull catcher so, Javert is totally there. Just like. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so I, I guess if, if anybody hasn't figured out what slowdown bull is, could you kind of talk about what what exactly the, yes. the gameplay is? Yes. So slowdown bull, it's an action-collecting game about a stressed-out, overachiever bull named Esteban who just wants to collect beautiful things but is always worried he's going to 
let his bull nature take over and 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 ruin everything. So in the game, he, but Esteban runs on his own, and you steer him. There's only two buttons. You steer him left or right. But every time you every time you touch him, every time you steer him, he gets a little more stressed out. And so you have to you have to like mitigate his stress while you're controlling him around. Because if he gets too stressed out, he'll freak out and have a tantrum and charge and you can't control him and he'll trample the things he was trying to collect and he might run into someone and drop all his stuff so it's it's very bad so it, it becomes very much about about knowing when to not you know knowing when to not steer him and knowing when to let him run and knowing when to bounce him off walls to to keep his stress down so it's it's a sort of game where you can you can play very leisurely like you can just sort of chill and go through levels and collect but if you're a perfectionist then it gets quite hard because it gets very stressful to try and get everything in the level, which uh, which is appropriate because that's what happens when you're an overachiever and you get too stressed out by the thing that you love. <laughs> uh, but the style, it's it's a very like um, school crafty style, hand drawn stuff and and like crafted environments. And, uh, there's the dog. <laughs> and uh, it's just a uh, it's very um, it's very simple and and. You know, super cute. I will. I will go out and say that it's really freaking cute, and that's a. Uh, <laughs> I do not feel shy saying that at le- at the very least. It is super cute. I I can vouch for that. <laughs> oh oh, and uh, the important thing, uh, we partnered with Starlight Children's Foundation for this game. So when you buy the game, half of that money goes to uh, Starlight, which is a children's charity that works getting toys and games for kids in hospitals for extended stays. So kids with serious illnesses that keep them in the hospital for really long periods of time or kids with terminal illnesses and stuff. And it's been a favorite charity of Insomniacs for a long time. And we decided we wanted to do something special with how we we sold this game and and came up with this idea of giving them uh, half of the half of the sales. That's really awesome. What what kind of prompted that? Was there anything particular about the the game that that made you guys want to go that direction yeah it was well a lot of it was you know it was sort of an experiment and then we did do a lot with the developer streams all summer that was very like giving back to the community sort of thing because every week we would stream ourselves working on the game and show people how the game was made answer people's questions about game development did like devlogs got them involved with you know naming stuff in the game and it was very sort of giving back attitude, and that that comes into play in the story a little bit of the game, the idea of 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 giving back. So when we were, we knew we wanted to do something different with how we sold it, but weren't sure. And just in the process of brainstorming, it was like, oh, what if we gave gave some of it back to 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 Starlight because that just happens to be like our charity, and it's a very you know kid friendly game. So mm-hmm. it all sort of tied together as this idea of something we would do. And so we all, everyone got really excited about that idea. Uh, very cool. Uh, any, you guys made this game for, uh, for PC. Any particular mm-hmm. reason you went with PC? Cause if I'm not mistaken, this is your first PC game. It is. So it is PC. It's actually also available for back in Linux, but like, right. Well, you know, but the general, umbrella, the Steam. Steam yes. Yeah. We'll say it's a Steam game. Uh, yeah. So, the thing about the game is it's since the controls are super simple, it, it's pretty adaptable to different inputs. Uh, but 
we decided to focus just on one platform first because part of the goal was let's do this with a super small team on a super fast timeline on a small budget. So we were like, all right, we've got to, we got to just focus on one. And for me, because of the doing all the developer streams, because that audience was on PC, uh, I, I wanted, we wanted to do that first. And also it is sort of a weird little quirky artsy game. And I feel like, uh, you know, a PC audience would, would probably appreciate that whole experimental process up front. Uh, so we just picked, we're like, okay, let's just do PC up front. You know, we've never made a game like this before. So let's just try it and, uh, and just focus in and, and then see how that does. Any desires to take it anywhere else? I mean, well, like, you know, me personally, I think it would fit anywhere. You know, it 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 would work on touch pretty easily because it's, like, super simple. It works on a controller. Um, but it's just a matter of, you know, how it does. And uh, so it's it's more or less Insomniac's call. Sure. Uh, so it's it's just one of those things. It depends on, depends on how it does. And then we'll see. But as far as design-wise, it would work quite well on pretty much anything. As far as Lisa's concerned, this is a fantastic game for every platform. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah. but you know, have to have to like have to focus in on on one thing or the other. So, if I had infinite time and money, I would put it on everything. <laughs> well, that there'd be a lot of different answers to every question if we all had infinite time and money. That's true. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> Wish I had infinite time and money. Be neat. Anyway, don't follow that. That's uh, yeah, no, that's dark. That's, that's dark. <laughs> yeah, let's let's not go that way. Uh, <laughs> now, um, uh, since you're you're leaving uh, Insomniac, I have to ask a question. This is really just personal. Mm-hmm. Um, can you share anything about the Ratchet remake? <laughs> No more than has already been shared. Okay. That it I, is, just, I just had to ask. Yep. I had to, I had to. It is coming. It is on the PS4, and it is coming alongside the Ratchet movie, and I think that's all we've talked about so far. But Yeah, yeah, that's, that's all you've Rest assured, yep, <laughs> yep. It's one of those things. Can't say any information until there's information to give. <laughs> <laughs> You'll do fine in the quotes. indie scene. You're already yeah. very well PR trained. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most people are are very well PR trained. It's it's not. Yeah, I think you'll, you'll do great. You'll do Yay! Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, do you have any uh, more questions about Sodumble? No, no, I'm ready to go with the uh, the end game. If you are, I'm ready. Let's All right, so we like to end with a little bit of a questionnaire. This is a. Uh, this is more about Lisa and less about uh, Esteban and Insomniac. Right. Although, if they happen to be an answer, I mean, you know, they are a great place to work with. So. Also, if you want to answer for Esteban, that's totally appropriate as well. All right. That, sure. Okay. And we've never done that before, but I mean, there's, you know, it yeah. works. It's fine. <laughs> Let's go with it. Yep. All right. So, question number one. Who is your favorite video game protagonist? Favorite video game Protagonist. Protagonist. Will probably be. Hmm. Let me think. Let me think. There's a lot of games to filter through. Yes. Um. 
probably uh what is that character the the character from Okami um the uh, uh Amaterasu? Amaterasu? Yeah. Yes, yes. I'll I'll go with that. Okay. Because That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, that that game was really important to me uh and and I I oh, there's so much about that game that I loved. So yeah, I, I'm going to go with that. I, I played it for the first time a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um I I thought it was I when I played it for the first time, it was um, downloadable on the PS3, uh-huh. and so I thought it was going to be a, a fair bit shorter than it turned oh, out to yes. be. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I hit the halfway mark, and I was like, oh, my God, there's more game left. And I felt <laughs> that Amaterasu um, was uh, both fantastic and extremely patient with that little yes. creepy guy that, that he she carries around. So yes, absolutely. the double points for that. I just I loved how like she conveyed so much personality in spite of not having a voice and uh, yep. and and yeah that that game was super special to me because when it came out at the time it came out there was really nothing like that like out like at all oh so, totally both in art style and in design that was it was yeah. fantastic so so like when people play it now they're like oh it's okay it's kind of cool but what's what's so special and I'm like no you don't understand there's context here that you need yes yeah absolutely. <laughs> Uh, right. Flipping the coin for question number two. Who's your favorite antagonist? Favorite antagonist? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so hard. I don't want to give any of the stock answers because everyone's going to say f- freaking... Uh, no. I'm not going to say... Uh, okay, let me think. Just give me a minute. Uh-huh. Take favorite time. antagonist. Um... I should have... See, I, I need... I need time to research. <laughs> I need time to like filter that's, through like that's, all that's the, the games. Fun of all this, yep. no, no. All the games surprise. I've I've played and, oh man. And now you know why everybody just says uh, Sephiroth. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, gosh. All right. Fine. It's Kefka. Fine. Final Fantasy. <laughs> Hell yeah. All fine. right. That, I like that, the, there's no fine about that. That is the correct answer. You've <laughs> done very well so far. I like him because he just does not give, like, he just has no motivation for being a jerk. He's just like whatever, and correct. so that makes him that makes him really scary. Yep, that is a man who will poison a river to kill a town and then just laugh just at the riverside. Just because. Yep. But I was like, oh, everyone probably says Kefka. I've got to think no. of something. No, in fact, I think, I think you're only the third person to say Kefka outside of myself. <laughs> you have joined a very small but exclusive club in being correct. All right, excellent. Yep. I feel like I've passed some sort of initiation yeah. test. Totally. We can stop <laughs> this right here, and you're already you know, very close to the fa- my favorite person we've interviewed. So Woo-hoo! we're doing good so far. All right, um, all right. Third question: um, What's a, a positive trend in gaming that you'd like to see, uh, like continue or proliferate bigger than it already is? Um, I think a really positive trend is a lot of a lot of really weird games that that sort of bring people together in, in physical spaces. So, like games that are like installations, more or less, that that you you play at festivals that aren't necess- that aren't like a game that you can just go and 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 download and buy, but games that involve like special hardware or or unusual situations that you you see them at shows and festivals a lot, and they just bring people together in a way that that is just utterly fascinating to me and and super exciting. And I I want to see, and so that's why I enjoy going to things like Indiecade and and whatnot because a lot of these games that 
you can only see them at those uh, those places because they involve very specific physical spaces. And because of that, um, you know, it's very it's very difficult for for more people to make those games. But I keep seeing more and more of them, and I just I just want I just want it to keep happening. I want there to be more opportunities to show up for these sort of installation games to to exist and and for people to be able to to play with them because I think they have a a very special appeal for people who aren't necessarily traditional gamers but also people who are really into gaming and it's a nice a nice way to to bring those two audiences together and get them playing together so as cool yes. as it is for like the like convention spaces and for those places where they have like a you know this is where they're held at mm-hmm. it would be so awesome to get games like that in almost like an Ozfest like setting where they just traveled around. Yeah, like a show. Take it on the yes. road. Yes. Yes. Oh my god, they could have sure. a bus. They could yep. have like a tour bus. Oh, that would be amazing. It would oh. be that would be fantastic. And that we would be especially happen. for people who are outside of like, you know, the PAX areas even though they seem to be just popping up everywhere now. For people who are like outside of the circus. Of... It would yeah, be totally. Like circus. So, so they be like games. Game Badors? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm sure somebody can make a better word like troubadour, but not, but you know, games. Yeah. We need they to can, make this happen. We need. How much money would that cost? How much money does hey, it take? Hey, to go you, on? you're going right, indie. Start- you're starting your own thing. This oh is like. I need a tour bus. This is your bus. calling. I need a tour bus. Can anyone <laughs> lend me a tour bus? Dear I'll feed it. Ted, thank you for your recommendation. <laughs> If they um, have I to... require a small loan in order to get this done. <laughs> if <laughs> they only, if, if only they hadn't blown up the Sunset Overdrive bus. If only. Ah, <laughs> oh. oh, I knew we should have kept that bus. No, right. that's a really cool idea. And now I'm going to write it down on my list of ridiculous ideas. Oh, hang on. Totally. You know where to find me now. So. If it happens, <laughs> oh my gosh! No, that's super cool. Let's do that. <laughs> Flipping the coin for question number four. Okay. Okay, these, 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 these first four questions are very back and forth with each other. Um, what's something you'd like to see go away completely? Go away completely? Yeah, bad trope, bad trend, just no, we're done. Uh, I don't know. I have a hard time saying that because a lot of times even the most annoying trope has its, has its place. It's just like when it gets oversaturated. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe not completely go away, but at least be reduced. Yeah, let me let me think about because I there was something that just recently made me throw my controller, and I'm trying to remember what it was. What made me throw my controller? So bad recently, save points. Ah, uh, bad save points. Are, uh, hmm. What was it? Something made me angry, and I was like, "Why do we still do this?" Oh, it's so hard on the spot. You should send these questions in advance so I can think about. <laughs> you know, not you as know. Much fun. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We used to, but nobody ever read them, so we were just like, we're just not going to send these to people. Anymore. Well, I'm like an overachiever, <laughs> so I would have totally like prepared like an essay for each question. Like double. All right. Okay. Um, bad tropes in games that are that are annoying. The thing is, because uh, there, there was like stock answers that everyone I'm sure says stuff like, oh, unskippable cutscenes or uh, heavy to- handed tutorials. But having worked in AAA, like I understand the circumstances in which those things are led to occur. So yeah. I like I understand why they still show up, even though everyone says like, I 
get so mad when when this happens. Like, yes, so, they're annoying, but I've seen the numbers and 60% of people can't yeah. get through this without them. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's hard. It's hard for me. Um, uh, I don't know. There's just there's just so many... Every time I think of something, I'm like, well, what about this? Or what about that? Um, I don't know. Uh, whatever. I love games. Games are awesome. All games. <laughs> I, can I, like, pass? Can I pass on yes, this Yes, yes, we can pass. <laughs> we'll pass. Okay. If something randomly comes to you, feel yes. free to, to call back to If I remember what four. it was that I got mad about, then then I'll, I'll blurt it out. So, question number five. Um, you've already worked for, as you stated, one of the, the, the top companies that you could possibly work for. Um, you have been given the green light to go be your own boss by, you know, the king of that company, as it were. Yeah. Um, outside of gaming, is there any other dream profession you'd like to uh, to maybe try sometime? No, not not really. I mean, I, I tried a lot of things before games. I was in the theater for a while. I was a programmer for a while. I looked into animation. There was a there was a point where I almost uh, went to graduate school for puppetry. It was super close, but then I learned that I hated the theater. But like finding <laughs> game, finding games has is just been like oh, I can't imagine. Was there a moment when you were on stage with the puppet? And you no. both looked at each other and went, no, no, this is not for us. Yeah. Well, the thing was, I, I, I did props and, and puppetry. And, and okay. I, I really enjoyed uh, that in, in school. But in the professional setting, it was just like, Mur. However, this weekend, uh, I mentioned I was at the student conference. And uh, one of the speakers who came was someone from Leica, which is the company that made, like, Paranorman and Box Trolls, like, all the, uh, the stop-motion animated mm-hmm. films. And he was showing the puppets and showing, like, the technology they use with these puppets. And it it was just, like, I was just fascinated. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. It's such a cool blend of old technology, because stop motion is, like, as old as film, right? And super modern technology, like, what 3D printing has, has enabled them to do with these puppets. And how he was the guy that, like models does the 3d models for how the the puppets should be constructed because all of their their faces they do replacement animation so they swap out all the faces on all these puppets for for all these shots and it was just the coolest thing seeing how they were constructed and just seeing how they make these films and i was just it was it i had felt a a level of just like joy and fascination that i i haven't felt in ages and ages so i suppose if i um if I couldn't make games anymore for whatever reason, I might go knocking on their door because they're doing some really cool stuff. Yeah, that stuff is like them and uh, Ardman Entertainment, who did the Wallace and Gromit stuff. Yeah, they've always yeah. been like endlessly fascinating in the way they do. They put that stuff together. Yeah. It's just so cool. It's like the the puppets. They look like the characters have so much weight to them, but the actual physical puppets like all their weight is centered in the toe because they have to be able to do a shot where they're like mid run. So the rest of them are like super light, like pillowy soft light, even though it looks like a really heavy character and it's just, Oh, it's so cool. It's the coolest stuff. Uh, so yeah, that <laughs> I'd, be a, I'd be a stop motion animator apparently. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next question. Um, this this one's a little this one's got a little bit of build up and a little weird. So I used to start this, and it's it's odd that I actually give this whole like 
description give, of how I used to do it. Give a backstory to yeah, your it's good. Well, backstory. It's, it's me. It has to go it's, this way. It's okay. It's good. So I used to ask. I used to ask this question and 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 try to get people to to see if they had seen um, John Carpenter's Escape from L.A. And surprisingly enough, a lot of people have not seen that. <laughs> and I don't know if that's good or bad, but it is what it is. However, a, a far greater majority of people have seen Goldeneye, and they understand what a you know like a satellite that produces a fake EMP pulse over like a city center would do. Right. Um, so, given that scenario, okay, okay, and the fact that you get a a note the night before this is set to happen. Okay. So you get a note that says, "Hey, tomorrow morning." This EMP blast is going off. Uh, it, everybody's going to be okay, but you're going to lose power. You're not going to be able to play any games for a while. Um, what would you play tonight? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Wait, what, how how long is a while? What are we talking here? <laughs> What's our you, time? You line? get to play whatever you choose to play. Uh, well, it's, yeah, it's good. magic time. It's, okay. Okay. Don't ask us how it works. So it this just... is this is something I feel simultaneous. I I feel really guilty about, but I really love this game. And it would be Nuclear Throne, which is my current favorite game. And I, I feel it's one of those games that I feel bad about because I play it so much. And I, I really have all these other games like as a designer that I should be playing to like keep up to date and inform. So when I have some time to sit down and play a game, I should be like, oh, I should play one of all these amazing games that have been nominated for all this stuff this year and see how they are. And then I'm just like, Nuclear Throne. Instead, Lampier has taken your yes, yes, <laughs> taken your time. <laughs> and so, so part of me feels really bad, be like, oh yeah, I would play the game that I've put over a hundred hours into already. But the other part of me is like, I love that game so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep, I would oh. happily play Nuclear Throne Some, nonstop. Somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Bell is ringing next to Rami, and he's like, "Yes, yes." <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, final question. Um, this is going to bring it down a little bit, and 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 a little somberly. Um, at the end of our lives, when we come to the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom, and Toad is waiting for us with the Book of Our Deeds, what would you like him to say to you before he lets you in? Um, what would I like him to say to me? Like... Yeah. Um, I'd like to say, Lisa, you're so awesome for, for spreading game design knowledge to the youths and people, the youths, the youths, for educating the youths and, and (laughs) helping, helping aspiring designers, uh, learn more about game design and, and get better about game design and you're super cool and so you get a special power up for that. That's what I'd like them to say. Nice. Are you going to let Toad pick power the power up? up, or do you think do you have an idea of what you'd want? <laughs> I would. Is, just, it, I'm is sure... it the slot machine kind where the three faces have to to match up, and that's where you get your power up? I, I'm sure that that I could not come up with with something that would be better than what Toad would have in mind for me already. So I won't even try. I will wait. I will wait and see what this special power-up will be. <laughs> well, Lisa Brown, you have uh, successfully passed the endgame. Thank you very much. Uh, I have no prizes for you, um, but, but respect for not only your answers, but for also picking Kefka as your um, <laughs> antagonist du jour. Uh, Jonathan, take us out. 
Lisa, thank you so much for, for talking to us about Slowdown Bull, and uh, congratulations on the, the launch, and congratulations on, on going solo. Wish you the, the best of luck and all of that. If you could send us out by letting our listeners know where they can go to find out more information about the game. Sure, you can uh, find out more information about Slowdown Bull on uh, Insomniac's website, or go straight to the, the Steam store page. Just go to Steam and search for Slowdown Bull. Um, there's also a Twitter account for Slowdown Bull and a Facebook page. So all of those places will have information for parsing. Is it Twitter by Esteban or is it somebody else who runs it? Because Bull Twitter would be fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah. I actually, I kind of, I wanted to do that. I wanted to like post on Twitter as Esteban and, and do some ridiculous stuff. But Especially uh, if Mango like replies and is like, yes. get off of here. You don't like, know how to get use Get off computer. of Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Stop stressing. Of course, if, yep. if it was going to be like real Bull Twitter, then you know, he wouldn't be, or yeah, he wouldn't be able to, to type very well. So just yes. be like random. Yeah. Just be a big smatterings horse. of letters. Hey, if, if the horse from horse eBooks could do it, I think Esteban <laughs> could manage. <laughs> yeah. Bulls got cloven hooves too. So that's right. That's true. A little more precision than a horse. That's true. Yep. That's, true. that's, that's, that's at least 30 <laughs> words per minute. <laughs> at least. <laughs> well, Lisa, thank you again. And best of luck, uh, in all of your future endeavors. I uh, hope we can talk to you again sometime. Yeah, it was great. Thanks so much for having me. So so now that I'm still recording but the podcast is over, do you know anything yeah. about Ratchet? <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. Excellent work, Jonathan. <laughs>